is geared for you to think. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode two of Between Two Ovaries. I'm Venus Creciente. I'm Isadora Orgasma. We welcome you to our podcast space. Welcome, welcome. So today we are going to be talking all about our cycles and how we track it. Isadora, you'll be sharing some information on the different phases and what we can find within our cycles. Yes, this is possibly my favorite thing to talk about in the entire world. (laughs) Definitely my favorite thing since childbirth because it wasn't until after having babies that I actually came into a journey with my cycle. It's kind of bizarre being that I've been a woman for 30 years and I'm just figuring out that I cycle. It's bizarre, but it's so it's so normal. I think that's a sad normal. I look at my daughter now and it's like I want her to know what she's going to be experiencing before she experiences it. Yeah. Well, just uh, yesterday, actually, my almost five-year-old and I were sitting at the table and just very randomly she asked why blood comes out when I go potty and so we just dipped into the conversation a little bit and was just like well when you get older there's a few days when if there's no baby in your tummy then the blood comes out and the blood is there in your uterus to protect this baby and nourish a baby and if there's no baby there then the blood comes out and she was just like oh she wasn't grossed out. It wasn't weird, but she's almost five and she already now will have an awareness. I love that. And it doesn't have to be awkward or weird or taboo or gross. It's just, it is what it is. Exactly. A huge percentage of the population of the planet bleeds and it should be just like no thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Basic knowledge that we It's almost like a birthright. We should all know equally male, female, everyone in between should know that this is normal because such a big population of our humanity and not even only humanity, but it's also dogs. I mean, bitches out there are bleeding. They have. (laughs) I'm sorry. Just had to. So great. Yeah. (laughs) The definition of what a bitch is. It's a female dog. So, yeah, they. I know that they sell Petco. You go to Petco, you go to PetSmart. They have any pet store. They have little diapers for female dogs to bleed on. I don't see their species casting out females. If our society was more accepting of how normal it is to bleed and how healthy it is to bleed, then I think a lot more women out there would feel love for themselves, compassion for themselves, and less grossed out by themselves. Absolutely. I remember if any little bit would get on my underwear or leak outside of a tampon, I would freak out and just feel so disgusting and like I needed to take a shower. And That's just such a horrible, (laughs) sad way to live and to react to a natural process of our body. I resonate with that so much because it was in middle school. It was one of my first experiences post-menarche that I saw a girl on the playground having bled through her white pants. And the whole playground was talking about it and how how embarrassed she must be. Doesn't she know she's spotted herself? Doesn't she know about a period she probably doesn't know? And now looking back on that situation, 
I feel like that should have created a community, a sisterhood, like having maybe instead been there with her, even though I didn't know her, maybe provided her some comfort, some support, some friendship instead of taking that on as, oh my gosh, if I ever spot myself like that, it's going to be the end of my my popularity, whatever I held myself to, like wanting, like popularity at that time, I thought that my menstruation would be resistance towards that, if that makes sense. Like it wouldn't allow me to reach that status where now I just want to bleed all over everything. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, take my blood, please. (laughs) That only took me like more than 15 years. I know. It's mind-boggling. Would you <laughs> would you like to get into the different phases? Sure. So first off, your menstrual cycle is day one of your bleed. So the first day that you're bleeding. And you may have spotting. Like I typically spot for a few days actually before my actual bleed starts. So you would not count those spotting days. Day one of your bleed. And then it goes all the way up until day one of your next bleed. So that's your menstrual cycle. And it can be anywhere from, gosh, I'm not sure what the shortest, well, Yeah, you can't really put a timeline because all women are so different. I know some people who bleed more than they don't bleed. So average, like if you're in your phone looking at a cycle tracker, the average is 28 days. Mine is 27 and yours, Venus, is at what, 40? Yeah, 40 to 42. And I've had a cycle as long as 50 days. Having looked at that average all my life, I felt always irregular I felt always abnormal I felt like something was wrong with me or like I was unhealthy because I didn't meet that average cycle time Mm -hmm. to me it's just like yet another I don't know label I'm not really sure how to describe it but just another thing that we put on women to make them feel like they're not normal or not good enough or not acceptable because somebody got it in their minds that 28 days is the ideal cycle length so that's another thing that we really need to be talking about is know your normal and the only way to get to know your normal is by intimately tracking your cycle and what do you mean by intimately I like that word don't you love that word (laughs) I do for me intimately tracking your cycle is getting really in tune with yourself in depth with yourself inserting your finger and hanging out with your cervix seeing what she feels like what she's doing where she's located and really paying attention attention on the daily and journaling about what you've noticed about yourself and how you've felt physically, emotionally throughout the day. All these little things put together equal cycle tracking. So it's not just about day one of your period to day one of your next period. It's about every little thing in between. Mm -hmm. I remember finding my cervix for the first time. It was in 2016, so two years ago. I remember finding it and messaging the fifth vital sign, Emily Moonbean. Shout out to the fifth vital sign. I remember messaging her through Instagram saying, I found my cervix. It was right after the little event they had at Graceful Birthing Center in Silver Lake um, in April of 2016. And so they 
really inspired me to find it. And that was the tipping point of, okay, I really need to get serious about tracking my cycle. I don't know anything about myself, which is so sad. You know, when I finally was awakened to the fact that there's so much about my body that I didn't know that I was missing out on and finding my cervix. And it was just such a revelation for me at that point. I felt like I was coming into womanhood finally when in the Mexican culture, the quinceañera brings you into womanhood. And it's just like, no, that was actually like almost 15 years later that I figured out what being a woman means to me. And that's such a good point that you made is like, there's so much going on inside of us that we are so unaware of. And I'm a full believer in like full body connection. So like anything that you put in your body, on your body, your mental health, all of it to make a healthy person. But our reproductive system is so aware and so prevalent in our lives. Like it's something that actually physically interacts with us each month or every however many days your cycle is. Blood comes out and you can see it and it's communicating with you or she. I should be saying she. She is communicating with you. And so this is something huge. It's she's calling out to you to be aware of her. You know, there's so many other systems in our bodies, our digestive systems and our cardiovascular systems, but none of them calls out to us like like our menstrual cycle. So diving into that and becoming just intimately aware is such a beautiful and powerful and like life altering thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure now we've like really sold everybody on <laughs> How amazing it is to get back to this, so we should probably get into the details of it. Wait, so sorry to pause you there. You talked about menstruation. Will you talk about the pre-ovulation, ovulation, and premenstrual, pre-death? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. You can't just focus on one. They're all so radically important. And as I've connected with my own cycle, I've learned that. And it's really helped me guide my daily life. Like I fully live my life around my cycle now. And that's a really powerful thing. And it can be difficult to incorporate and it can be confusing for people in your life my partner is I'm just beginning to kind of clue him in on to what that looks like for me because when you start living your life around your cycle there's a lot of shifts that come with that things that you may have been doing before you'd no longer do anymore because you know that that just does not vibe with that stage of your cycle so you have four stages you have pre-ovulation which is the time just after your bleed ends which then goes into ovulation and ovulation is when your ovary releases an egg to be fertilized. After ovulation, you have premenstrual stage. We like to call it pre-bleed, pre-death. There's so many ways that you could say it outside of like the medical (laughs) jargon. And then from there you go into your menstrual season. So I like to create a visual in my mind of a line going straight across. And that line is basically the, that's the masculine line, right? Because men are typically linear beings. They do like waver here and there, but typically they're on that same straight path every day. Women are cyclic. So create a circle going around that line. So the line coming through the middle of the circle, right? Now on the left side with the line essentially would be like pre-ovulation and then going over the hump, over the top to ovulation. And that's when you're like in this beautiful high, I guess you could call it. You're sort of in your masculine. You're very, you have so much energy like go 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 you can do anything you can take on the world you're feeling amazing you're feeling sexy everything's just great 
and then you dip down. And the bottom half of the circle is where I would put premenstruation and menstruation. And that's kind of when you're down. This stage is beautiful too. I love these two stages where you just get down and dark. I like to think of it going down into the earth and you're just like hanging down there with Mother Earth, getting raw and dirty and real. For a lot of people, that's just like very unfiltered and aggressive almost. It kind of depends on how you choose to handle all of the hormones and emotions that come with those two cycles. That's kind of how I like to visualize it in my mind to get a better grasp of like the flow of it. Because in this society, everybody expects you to be on that linear line in the masculine energy and it's just not possible as a bleeding woman. And so I like to create that circular vision to give people a idea on what our lives actually look like and how we just keep going around. And it also gives you hope when you're down in the bottom, raging or sad or whatever emotion comes with that premenstrual phase for you, you feel like, what is wrong with me? Why am I not up high like I was last week? You know, why am I feeling so depressed and unmotivated and whatever else that brings up for you? And creating that visual really helps you realize like I'm down here, but very soon I'm going to be rising back up again. You know, it's cyclic. We're fine. We are fine. Everything is okay. Mm, Thank you so much for sharing all of those visuals, the way you see it, the way you apply it in your life. I think that we need many more descriptions, uh, perspectives from different women who do take their cycle and apply it every day to their life and live by it or honor it in some way, shape or form. Because I know in my case, I'd read textbooks, I'd read the the medical jargon and didn't understand how to apply that to my life. How does this fit? And if we think about it, it's like, oh, well, yeah, it's a very patriarchal explanation to all of that. There's more to our reproductive system. It works in tune with what we are receiving from our environments, what we are receiving from other people. I loved visualizing myself going into the earth in my pre-death phase and I love knowing that even if I am in that earth that I'm going to come back up for air because I'm cyclical and whereas before I know in our last episode I mentioned my my battle with depression and anxiety and how I used to think I was crazy and now I don't now I just know I make sense because I'm on a 40 to 42 day cycle and not a 28 day cycle which means that my pre-death phase is going to be longer than other women's pre-death. So now taking that into account, I feel at peace with myself and I am able to honor the different phases of my cycle because I'm just aware of it and it's a practice. It's such a daily practice that like exercising, if you don't exercise every day or a few times a week, then how do you expect to get stronger? The same thing with our cycles. If we don't pay attention to her on a daily or a few times at least a week, because I know it's sometimes we get caught up with life and making it a daily practice can be overwhelming at the beginning. But if we pay attention to her often, then we get clues as to what we need in order to take care of her and feel good. Yes, absolutely. It can be overwhelming, very overwhelming and feel like a lot. Baby steps are totally okay. 
I, and I realized a long time ago, I've had the same like period app for about 10 years now. And I downloaded it to get an idea of when I was going to be bleeding. I didn't look at it for anything else. I didn't care like how long it was. I just wanted to know when I was going to be bleeding to make sure I had like my tampons on hand and it wasn't just totally going to sneak up on me. And then as the years went by and I started learning more about cycle tracking, I was like, oh, I've kind of been doing this already. You know, like I've sort of, I've subconsciously been paying attention to when it's going to come and I was preparing myself in certain ways. It may not be to the extent that I do it now, but you may already be tracking yourself. You may not know when you're going to bleed. Maybe you're tracking, you're paying attention to your moods or something like that. So breaking it down into these simple steps, whatever feels doable and good for you. And then just like taking it a step further as soon as you get that down. And Another thing that came up for me while you were speaking is how society is trying to keep us in this masculine box and not in our feminine flow. And a lot of that also comes with the media. Like look at all of these tampon commercials or Midol commercials or whatever. And these girls are out there like playing these sports and doing all these things. And it's like, it drives me nuts because I used to want that. I used birth control and I would manipulate my cycle with it so I didn't have to bleed as long. So I could be out in the world doing things more often and not be bleeding as much. And now it's like, I so desire that bleed time. I so look forward to it, especially, I mean, it's quite difficult to give yourself that retreat space that you desire when you're bleeding, when you have children, but I prepare myself. I get to be just like magically in tune with my body for these. I really only (laughs) do it for the first two days of my bleed because that's the most intense for me and the most uncomfortable in certain ways. So the kids get extra screen time. I try to have food already prepared and ready to go so I don't have to be in the kitchen as much. I make sure that all the dishes are done at night. The kids are sitting and watching movies while I just simply like lay in bed with a warm compress and just rest for a little bit, like chunks throughout the day. It's not like an all day thing, but just those little things feed my womb so deeply during that time. And I'm glad that we don't watch like mainstream television. So my (laughs) children will not have to be susceptible to those stupid ads on television telling you to go water skiing on day one of your period. (laughs) I know. And I remember where that was normal for us. It's like, oh, when you get your period, the best thing to do is exercise so that you get all of that out. It's like, no, go find yourself a group of bomb ass women friends to massage you, to listen to you, whatever, you know, just a retreat. I love that you used retreat because that's really what it is now for me as well. When my bleed comes, it's such a relief, especially after my long pre-death phases. It's like my my shed, my bleed completely takes off this blind where I felt so desperate and so anxious. It's like a buildup of tension. And once my uterus releases everything that it has been building up for that cycle, I feel like I can conquer the world, not necessarily wanting to conquer the world because that's what my pre-ovulation into ovulation leads me to, but really, all right, 
I'm gathering myself together. What is it that I need to do? How can I take care of you? And really talking to myself and listening to myself. What do you need? Whereas before I might have had sex during my menstruation, the reason I would do that is because there's less chance of getting pregnant during that time. But now I'm a lot more confident in having sex during ovulation because I know how to take care of myself. I know if my cervix is releasing this type of cervical fluid, then I know what that means. But that's tracking myself for five cycles, which that's about 200 days. So to give you an idea, if you want to start tracking your cycle and like Isadora said, baby steps. Yeah, I was going to start going off on a tangent there. (laughs) I hope that made sense. Absolutely, it does. And I'm glad you brought up sex during your bleed. I feel like my cycles have been so on and off just with having babies and things like that. And then nursing my last child, I didn't bleed for two years after that because breastfeeding kept my cycle away. Well, I was still cycling in some way, but it kept my bleed. And so it's been a year and a half now since she's weaned, but I still feel like I'm trying to like think back on certain, you know, certain times in my cycle and how I do things. But I enjoy intimacy when I'm on my bleed because orgasms do relieve like cramping and things of that nature. However, I also know that it is such an energetic time. Like when I'm on my bleed, I feel like my womb is just this like energetic force field. And if something is not in alignment with that energy, then I'm not welcoming it into my body. So I'm very, very careful in particular and kind of like feel out the energetic space of my partner before I will allow intimacy. Because when you're bleeding, your cervix is open to let that flow out. And so it's going to receive energy too. And so that's one thing I obviously haven't, my children are still young, so we haven't gotten into, but that is one huge part of my discussions with them as they get older and we start talking about intimacy more and how to really respect your body and you take on other people's energy. And so that's big for me. So during my bleed, kind of like you say, I know a woman who doesn't sleep in the same room with anyone else while she's on her bleed because she just wants to be in her own energetic force field with her womb space, you know? And I think I never even thought of that. And then when I heard that, I was like, whoa, that's really powerful. And so it's kind of been in the back of my mind now, like, hmm, (laughs) I kind of want to go sleep in my own space and see what that's like, you know, while I'm on my bleed. That sounds kind of cool. I love it. Know your normal. That's normal for her. What's normal for you? What's normal for me? And the more we have these conversations about what our bodies do, then the more we know that we're not crazy, that we're just, we're just a variation of normal. Yeah. I wonder how many, like, I wonder if that's a thing for men, like what, women we're so worried about acting crazy or being like hysterical or whatever I wonder on the flip side like what that is for men you know like do they have this underlying concern of acting crazy I don't know it's just interesting (laughs) to me why are we the gender that's the crazy one you know it's because we cycle you assholes (laughs) get off my areola (laughs) shout out Janelle Monet. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Let's get into what it looks like for us on a daily basis to track our cycle. Just a kind of quick overview of what we do throughout the day to track it. Is that a lot? Because I'm sure some of our listeners will be thinking, how am I going to do this? Is this a full day thing? Like, do I have to sit with myself with my (laughs) finger looking for my uterus? What if I don't know what it feels like, looks like? And thanks for bringing that up, finding your cervix. 
So really simply, your cervix, when it's firm, feels like the tip of your nose. So you insert your finger and just kind of feel around. It's going to be higher or lower depending on your cycle. I remember when I first realized what my lower meant, it was like barely (laughs) – like barely a knuckle had been inserted and I was bumpy and I'm like, oh, hello, you're very low. Okay. So when she's firm, she'll just feel like the tip of your nose. And then otherwise it'll just kind of feel like a, like a dome shape, soft, medium, firm. Well, and then you can feel around and there will be an opening. If you've had babies, it'll typically remain slightly open all of the time. And if not, it may be, if you haven't had babies, it may be more closed some of your cycle. So just something to be aware of. So thanks for bringing that up quick little no problem thanks for sharing instruction (laughs) instructional podcast (laughs) all right so will you give us an idea of what your of tracking your cycle on a daily basis looks like yes so ideally you want to take your basal body temperature if you're really wanting to be intricate with your fertility tracking and this can be to avoid pregnancy to achieve pregnancy it's all dependent on your intentions but it works for both sides so that's really beautiful basically when you ovulate your temperature just moves up a little bit like very minuscule and a typical thermometer will not notice that difference It'll be in like the, on the right side of the decimal point in like the 10 space or whatnot. But um, I, however, do not do my temperature because you need to be asleep for three consecutive hours at a time before you can take it. And I have terrible sleep patterns. (laughs) I still have little children in my bed. And so I don't know if I get three consecutive hours of sleep closer to early morning. So I just don't even bother because it brings, it creates stress for me. And so to me, it's not worth that stress. I have other ways of tracking. So I'm comfortable with that. But typically you would take your temperature. You'd want to take it ideally at the same time every morning because the later the morning gets, your temperature will shift little bits. It'll get warmer. So you ideally want to do it at the same time every morning and you have to have slept for three consecutive hours or more. So then I get up, I go to the bathroom, and that's when I check my cervix. I check my cervix in the morning. I was doing it at night, but for whatever reason, I would forget or I would already kind of be a little bit aroused, and you don't want to check your cervix if you're aroused. And so I do it in the morning, and that's kind of a fun way for me, too, to just like first thing for the day, drop in with myself instead of giving in to all the little munchkins I have running around. I am dropping in with myself first thing in the morning. So I'll check my cervix. I'll observe my cervical fluid. I'll plug it into my phone. I'm still using that app I've had for 10 years. And I'll plug it into my phone just so I don't forget because it's going to take me a little while to get to my journal. I have a paper journal that I love. I'm kind of a journal freak. And the collective here and I have created a cycle tracker, which we are going to release to the public at some point. Right now we're in kind of the fun trial period of using it. So once I have some time to get to my journal, then I'll write it down in our cycle tracker. And that's pretty much my morning. And then throughout the day, I try my best to pause, especially when I'm overwhelmed or anxious or just having any type of negative feeling in my body to pause and put my hand on my womb space and like take a few deep womb breaths to try to recenter myself and like connect in with her. It doesn't always happen that way, but I try my best. And then just every time I go to the bathroom, 
I observe when I wipe because what you're looking out for in cycle tracking is very like gooey, like egg white fluid. And so if you're ovulating, that's what your fluid is going to look like and feel like. And so when you wipe, you'll notice that on the toilet paper. So I'm just observing. I don't like sit there and inspect the toilet paper or whatever. It's just simply like, how does this feel? on my body when I wipe. And that's it. So I try to do that when I use the bathroom. And then when I sit with my journal, I refer back to the day before and I just note how my day went emotionally and mentally. So I'll note things like I was really anxious or I was very short-tempered or I was like insanely happy or I was feeling juicy all day and I just wanted to get down with my partner or whatever, you know? Just things that I noticed from the day before, I will note that morning in my journal. So I'm doing like a physical tracking with my wound space and then I'm doing an emotional tracking with my mind. Oh, I'll also note any physical things like if my lower back was hurting, if I was crampy, if I had a headache all day. And when you see it written down in this, because when you have it in your phone, like when I have it in my phone, it's a standard calendar. It's like side to side. It's got a very linear vibe. There's boxes and lines everywhere and you have to click on on the days to read what's going on. There there are graphs, but once again, more lines. <laughs> and so in this tracker that we've created, it's circular. For me, it just is so much easier and it makes more sense and it's more visually pleasing to me to see how my cycle is flowing around this circle. And then I also track the moon phases and what astrological sign the moon is in. And just the longer you do it, the easier it gets. But you just kind of see a flow and a rhythm that's personal to you with all of these things incorporated and it all will magically just connect together in the most perfect way and mind-blowing actually like if you really sit down and think about it like holy shit we are so fucking magical whether you think the things that you're experiencing are good or bad normal or abnormal like it is so freaking magical i'm feeling all sparkly inside now (laughs) (laughs) i love it i love talking about the way my body's working and like you said whether you think something is normal abnormal weird bizarre it's still magical after tracking five cycles i'm finally coming to understand like oh so my spotting from this day in my cycle to this day in my cycle actually doesn't mean that i'm getting my period again because i used to think i get a period within a period it just means i'm spotting because i'm most likely ovulating And then all of a sudden it stops and now I'm transitioning into pre-death phase. And so it's really cool. Thank you for sharing all of that. Yes, yes. I love that I'll be able to share what I do. And a lot of the things you do, I do as well to track my cycle only in a different, at a different time, in a different way. But we're still tracking our cycles and we're personalizing it to our lifestyle. So what I do every morning, I do have a thermometer the special bbt i just say special but it's just a thermometer specifically for the basal body temperature like isadora said it gives you the 97.02 degrees whereas the regular thermometers is like 97.0 it won't give you that extra i think it's 10th or is it 100th i don't know so i do my temperature because for the most part every day i do wake up at the same time and then i do get 
get consecutively at least three hours of sleep. And then I don't track anything else until nighttime. After I shower in the evening, I will check my cervix, my cervical mucus, and the positioning of my cervix. Thank you for mentioning Isadora. I've never really thought about how my arousal will affect the positioning, the firmness, and my cervical mucus. So that's something that I want to start taking into consideration. Maybe there's another time during the day where I'm not aroused because it's usually nighttime if I am aroused, especially during ovulation, that it's going to throw my my information off track. But who knows, maybe by this point it's already a cycle within a cycle. So I'll check my positioning, my cervical mucus after my shower, And then at night when everybody's asleep, even my partner, I like retreating to my closet and I like documenting there what my energy was for the day and what my energy includes is like my moods. Was I active? Was I inactive? How was I with the kids? How was I feeling with my partner? So I know that the energy kind of is an umbrella for all of this stuff but that's just how it works for me and I also check moon phases it's just a good way for me to keep track of where the moon is at keeping track of where the moon is in her cycle has given me a good way to keep track of where nature is what season it is and how that applies to me and I also journal any downloads that I'll receive or just any other side information like you said that I've my um, I have a lot of muscle tension depending on what time of my cycle I'm in I'll have very bad muscle knots and maybe my my neck will be really stiff and before I didn't think that applicable to my cycle but now the more I cycle track the more I see a pattern so I'll track that as well and anytime that I make love to myself or make love with my partner I'll document that and spotting. I know that it seems like a lot of things to document, but again, going back to baby steps, I used to only document the start of one period to the start of the next period. That's where it started. And then slowly I've been able to incorporate all of these things because it's a daily practice for me. So that's what my cycle tracking looks like. Beautiful. And it really, like, when you're talking about it, it does not sound overwhelming. Like, it doesn't sound like too much. And that's really nice because we all, regardless of our lifestyle or family or whatever, we don't have a lot of time. It's really actually quite simple. And we deserve those drop-ins. We're always going, going, and doing, doing, most likely for others. And so it's so important to have two to ten minutes, depending on what we're doing, to drop in with ourselves and see how we are and what's going on with us so that's really beautiful hmm. that reminds me of what I'll read for reflection read but that's oh yay. That time. yay so let's get into cycle time since we've already been talking about our cycles what day are you on today Isadora I'm on day eight so things are getting juicy things are getting fun my bleed lasts five days so just a few days ago I stopped my bleed was really powerful this cycle And it felt really intense. There was a lot of emotion behind it. I was really breaking down a lot of walls and getting clear on boundaries in my life and also getting clear on like business aspects that I've kind of been tossing around and basically like (laughs) 
she came, she started bleeding. She was just like, boom, like in my face. I felt like I had no choice in the matter. Like this, this, and this is what I need to do. But it all felt so good and so right. And so I was excited about it. And so my bleeds are not always so communicative, I guess you could say. Sometimes I feel like I'm just bleeding and I'm just like going with emotions and that's totally fine. And then this one was just like slapping me around. I'm like, all right, (laughs) let's do this. So day eight, I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling the rise over the top of the loop and it's feeling amazing. I'm very connected in with my partner and with my kids right now. And I'm making some great strides on my business things that I'm doing over on the side. And so it's a good time right now. There's not much else really going on in day eight, just energetically. It's all feeling really, really good and really juicy. What's going on on your side? Juicy. I love juices. (laughs) Okay. I, on my side, I am on day 24 and I am kind of starting to leave the ovulation phase, which I'm like, no, I was literally, I have been just sucking that ovulation phase dry because like you mentioned where your last bleed was this way and then this bleed was slapping you around my last ovulation phase I don't feel like it was as magical as powerful as this one and it's just been really really juicy and what that looks like for me is speaking up and setting boundaries within my relationships as well and being a little less afraid to speak my voice or my truth which doesn't really mean a lot because honestly it it's still very scary to speak my truth and still gives me a lot of anxiety but at least I'm making those baby steps forward moving forward doesn't always mean you're making strides it just it can also mean baby steps and that's where I'm at and this ovulation phase has really helped me speak up some very important things to some very important people in my life and let me see what else download wise I did receive this download and I'm going to read it straight out of my journal so it says always have something to call your own always have something that brings you happiness outside of your family If ever there is a day that you are alone, not having something for yourself and yourself only leaves you open and vulnerable to be brought down. Empower yourself, arm yourself, love yourself. So that was the download I got during my ovulation phase. So that I think really encourages me to continue loving myself and building a life for myself. And I'm not saying I'm building it outside of my family, leaving, shutting my friends and family out. It's more of like, no, I need to be okay with myself first in order for me to be. It's almost like I'm putting these practices of unconditional love, of communication. I'm putting that in practice with myself before I'm able to go out and present it to the rest of the important people in my life. Wow. I love, 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 love hearing you read your downloads from your journal. They will never get old or cease to amaze me. That is so powerful. And it's so, so true. I remember there was a chunk of time where people asked me what my hobbies were, what I enjoyed doing, and I could not give them an answer legitimately. And I'm like a total bookworm. And I didn't even say reading because I wasn't reading for a really long time. And that's something that brings me so much joy. 
it's such a beautiful reminder what you just said of having something for yourself outside of everything else because it's so important and especially in a society where we're kept busy you know there's so many things you can do on your phone to distract you and so many things on television or this or that and for me that sounds like you know something a passion project or a hobby like hands-on you know outside of all of that And that's just such a great reminder. Thank you. Thank you so much for that affirmation. It never gets old to be appreciated and be (laughs) affirmed (laughs) that we all want that in life. Totally. Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you for joining us on that cycle time. I hope somebody out there will give us a jingle for for cycle time. Yes, please. Oh my gosh, (laughs) that would be so amazing. So now for Reflection Read. Reflection Read, if this is the first episode that you listen, what it is, Isadora and I, we won't always both have a Reflection Read, but Isadora and I each choose something to read to you, our listeners, and share why we chose to share it and how it fits into our life right now, or maybe just what inspired us to read it to you. So my Reflection Read today, there are actually some lyrics by Alabama Shakes. It's their song, Gimme All Your Love. So these are the lyrics. So much is going on, but you can always come around. Why don't you sit with me for just a little while? Tell me what's wrong. If you just give me all your love, give me all you got, baby. Give me all your love, bit more. So tell me what you want to do. You say, the world, it doesn't fit with you. Why don't you talk to me for just a little while? I can only try to make it right. If you just give me all your love, give me all you got, baby. Give me all your love. If you haven't listened to that song, highly recommend it. The reason I chose to read it is because that was the first song where I felt like my womb was speaking to me. I felt like she had finally gotten through to me. She was telling me like, I've been here all along for you. I've waited, I've yearned for this moment and I'm still pleading you to give me all your love. And, and you finally are. So tell me, tell me what's wrong with you. Tell me how I can help you. I'm here for you. And oh, just even talking about it, it still makes my womb and my cunt just pulsate and vibrate and buzz. And I know that all of that is just love. And the fact that my womb space is still with me and is still fighting for me and bleeding for me and creating for me, that right there is the definition of unconditional love for me because there's so many times that I did not honor her did not respect her you know choosing to be intimate when I really didn't want to and not listening to her and those lyrics it's like she's speaking to me and I love listening to music nowadays as if my womb space is talking to me and what kind of message she's trying to deliver to me. So that was my reflection read. I love it. It is. It's so powerful to think about. Like you said, we abandon, really, like abandon is the word that comes up for me, our womb spaces at such a young age, you know, because of shame or embarrassment or trauma or anything. And she sticks around knowing now being connected with her and knowing what she offers me every day of my cycle and the energy and love she provides me 
the thought of being disconnected from that is just so disheartening and knowing how many people are disconnected from that. I work with women, you know, getting them connected to their womb spaces and their bodies again. And one of the things that I highly recommend is standing in the mirror however you're comfortable. It could be naked. It could be clothed. It could be in lingerie that you feel just totally sexy in and just loving on yourself and apologizing and listening to her and just showing her love and just deepening that connection. That can be a really emotional experience, which it should be. I feel like the more emotion, the better in anything. And such like such simple words that were relayed to you in such a powerful way. Like I just, I love your interpretation of that. Thank you for sharing. Mm, thank you. And thank you for bringing up the, the standing in front of the mirror and that very, very powerful practice. It seems very simple, but if you have a lot to work through past trauma, current trauma, that can be a very, very emotional practice to do. So I highly suggest standing in front of the mirror with you and just by yourself. Now, I don't require the house to be empty, but at the beginning, I did want to be alone with myself because the vibes change when there's other people in your space that aren't necessarily used to self-exploration. And self-exploration in a very general term, I'm not saying go and pleasure yourself sexually, intimately, just saying even just looking at your breasts for the first time, whatever it is, it's just explore yourself, get to know yourself, hug yourself, love yourself. Yeah. Even just looking yourself in the eyes, Mm -hmm. like getting close to the mirror. I do this every now and then when I just feel like I'm off and I just stare myself in the eyes for as long as I can. And at first it's silly and sometimes I'll kind of like smile and laugh to myself, but then I just kind of like drop in and I almost feel like I look like a different person, like physically in the mirror. Like I'm not seeing me and that's because I'm dropping into like next level stuff. We aren't necessarily who we are on the outside. There's so much more to us in Internally. So yeah, just even simple eye contact with yourself in the mirror can be really powerful if you don't want to get into like the body acceptance work. I love taking a little time at the end here to integrate juiciness that we've gone over. There's so much to think about and incorporate and it can be hard to just jump right back into life. So I would love to just take a second and get yourself as comfortable as you can and we're going to take some moon breaths together. So if you're able, close your eyes. Notice how your body's feeling right now. Loosen up your jaw. Your jaw is a direct connection to your cervix, if you didn't know that. So when your jaw is relaxed, your cervix is relaxed. And when your throat is relaxed, your vagina is relaxed. (laughs) So get everything comfy and relaxed and take one big, deep breath, as deep as you can, and send all of that life force, energy, and air down into your womb space. Ready? Let's swirl around in there and then give a big deep breath out, just getting rid of any energy that's not serving you or your womb space. All right. 
feeling sparkly. Mm, thank you. I love, love those wind breaths, especially when I know there's a collective of us doing it together because there really is a vibe being sent out when we are honoring her together. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So before we close up this episode, I'd like to give a few announcements or housekeeping items. Last episode, I forgot to mention two things. One, shout outs. Contrary to popular belief, there is plenty of love to go around. There's an abundance of it, actually. So we like to give shout outs and love to the people that inspire us, whether it be podcasts, blog sites, websites, services. So you'll be hearing those shout outs. And in addition to that, we'll be including in the show notes, if we mention anybody, like in this episode, I mentioned the fifth vital sign and Emily and Kelsey. So I will be putting those people and their links in our show notes. So if you want to go back and look at these resources, which we'd love for you to support as well, they will be in the description of the episode in the show notes. And just support us please if you resonate with us if you think that there's somebody that would resonate with us share our podcast Um, we are everywhere now yay i'm so excited about that we are we are on spotify we're on stitcher we're on anchor we're on youtube soundcloud itunes should be coming up anywhere that you get your podcast look us up between two the number two ovaries And yeah, just please leave us some feedback. We will be having a giveaway soon. Maybe we'll announce it in the next episode. So keep an ear out, keep a womb out. And we will be having guests soon, hopefully. I took having a podcast, I underestimated it. It's actually more work, especially being busy moms and busy women tracking our cycles out there, (laughs) fitting it in definitely has been a beautiful challenge that I I'm up for and I just love doing this with you as my as one of the ovaries Isadora and with you out there listening to us as the womb space in between us so thank you so much yes thank you thank you thank you I love being here with you it's so much fun and I'm really excited to see who joins us and what juiciness Mm -hmm. they bring definitely thank you so much and we wish you all a cunting beautiful day ovary out is geared for you to think for you to think for you to think for you to think